Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Gigi and the 561. Let's have a Saturday chat, shall we? I have a little bit of catching up to do because I didn't really get to talk much about the um, inauguration, the, the fashion of the inauguration. And there was a reason for that, which I'll get to in a moment. But uh, several things to touch on on this Saturday here in SoFlo. Um, football for Gary, so he's not going <laughs> to, he will not be joining me um, today. He's not going to pop in. First, though, <clears throat> I want to say um, condolences to the families and friends of Larry King, who passed away at 86 from complications of COVID and many other health issues, apparently. Uh, Larry's interviews are iconic. He, he literally interviewed every important person in the world, it seems. My appreciation to Larry King goes back many years ago. He wrote, I believe, over 20 books. I don't know the exact count, but, you know, I, I think it's probably over 20. And I, many years ago, I read one of his books because I, I felt like he was such a good, not just interviewer, but just a communicator. So many interviewers are so concerned with what they want to say, the questions they want to ask, in other words, their own agenda. They fail to really listen to the speaker. And in my podcast with my guest, I, I do try to do that. And so sometimes I don't get to points that I perhaps thought important, but they ended up not being because the guest goes down a different pathway and that's what he did so well and I, and so I bought one of his books and I just it's a, a very small thin book really but filled with amazing uh, points about his his style and how he made it work when interviewing people and really what he did he just he was a good listener and I think that's really true just in conversation with with people if you're sometimes it, it's it's harder because there are people that are they're they're more willing I guess to go there with you in a conversation and then there are times when you feel compelled to really hold hold the conversation up yourself because it's it's awkward because the other person uh, Gary and I have a, a very long time friend I don't ever call names in this these kind of cases but this person is truly the, the kind of person that does not engage in conversation at all. It is strictly a yes or no kind of thing, and it's it's very difficult to to uh, well, it's impossible to engage this person in any kind of meaningful conversation. So. Sometimes it's not, but if you have a, 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 if you're engaging, whether it's on a professional level or however you're engaging in conversation, um, sometimes it goes, it goes great and sometimes it, it really doesn't. But I learned a lot from that little book and it was kind of like my little Bible for, for a lot of years, years ago. And I would, ref, I would do refresher, I, you know, I would go back and reread it. And, and kind of bone up on it. And it, it, it just, it, to me, it, which touches on something else about reading. So, you know, may Larry rest in peace. But uh, we have rejoined uh, 
the uh, Paris climate. Anyway, it's about reading and just knowing what you're talking about before you speak. What's happened to reading? And like Larry King's little thin book, doesn't have you don't have to read volumes of books. You don't have to read the entire A to Z encyclopedia to to have knowledge. But why do people, especially um, people that are in positions of decision making, uh, whether it be a CEO, whether it be a corporate decision, a, a political decision, what's happened to to reading? Just boning up on your topic, knowing the words when you speak these words, they have meaning, especially if you are in a, a public arena. It's 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 embarrassing. <laughs> it's gotten to the point of being embarrassing. The the uh, lack of knowledge that when people speak and it's it's cringeworthy when you see these uh, when you read and, and I read a, a lot and then I read about, about these people who don't know what they're talking about and it's truly cringeworthy. So I don't know. I don't know what's happened. I know I do know what's happened. We have lost our we have lost our sense of humor over the past four years it's been really hard to find levity and to find humor because um, it uh, it's just been tough so when the bernie photo just went of the mittens and the in the vermont <laughs> jacket the the mittens that were that were knitted by a a woman a school teacher i think uh, in vermont from recycled materials anyway those mittens are just like you know they're, they're everything if you've ever been to vermont it's a very beautiful very beautiful state with very friendly and very opinionated people but very 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 friendly and welcoming is what what gary and i uh, have found but the the photo of bernie sort of like if you remember the years ago when the uh, garden gnome was stolen and it traveled the world and then a year later it was returned to the people with all through the year photos were sent to this, this people who owned the, the garden gnome of, of where the garden gnome was visiting and it was just it was it was really a wonderful thing so that's kind of what happened with the mittens that everyone took that photo and it just went it was everywhere even jennifer aniston put <laughs> put Bernie on the couch with the friends in the opening segment of Friends. But then I read people that didn't like it. They they didn't find it humorous. They were Bernie fans, and they wanted Bernie to win, so I, I get there's uh, anger. But it was funny, and it was fun. And it ended up being good. It, 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 it actually did some philanthropic good, as it were, because Bernie himself bought into it and took it, had it put on a sweatshirt, sold it through his organization for $45 in all sizes, sold out, and all of the, the proceeds from that went to fund Meals on Wheels in Vermont. So kudos to Bernie, but, but let, it felt good. It felt good to have some levity from the Inauguration Day. Inauguration Day also brought us fashion. Now, why I'm late to the party about talking about fashion is because Gary and I met up with friends uh, of like mind <laughs> that evening, early evening, to celebrate. And so I, I uh, recorded, I hope I have it, <laughs> I hit record for all of the inauguration evening festivities. So I have that to watch today, but I have seen photos of the, of the clothes. And I love 
that uh, homage was paid to American designers by many, many of the of the people in the uh, in the Biden family that day. Jill Biden's uh, dress and coat she wore that night was was really wonderful, and all the flowers that were embroidered into her dress represented the federal flowers of all the, of all the United States territories and uh, and states. And I, I really loved that. I also liked how uh, Ashley Biden really s- kind of stood out. I love the glittery dresses that, that uh, some of the Biden family wore. But uh, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Ashley wore uh, a tuxedo with cigarette pants that were cropped and with heels. And it, it, it was just a super cool look that I liked very much. One of the Biden grandchildren, Maisie, wore high top sneakers, Nike high tops with her dress. And that was certainly, that was certainly a look. And it, it was also um, a look for Laura Bush, who got kudos for wearing flats with her, with her dress that day for comfort. If you've ever been in a position to wear heels for extended period of time uh, where you really can't take them off. I understand that because I've done it in, in one year. Um, I, it, it's kind of a long story. It had to, I, I was in, in a, it was a professional thing that I was doing and a friend of mine, we were shopping and she said, don't buy these shoes. They were Ralph Lauren shoes. They won't be comfortable for you to wear. And I went back and bought them and wore them that day. And my feet were killing me and she looked down at one point and she said your feet hurt don't you <laughs> that's all she said it's like she was right and she knew she was right and she was a good friend and she didn't rub it in but they did kill me but here's what i felt about laura if i had been her stylist advising her on her outfit i would have i would have made her dress maxi because i think if her dress had been maxi the division between the skirt and the shoes the hem and the, the black house, or I would have had put her in boots, flat boots, to for warmth, number one, and uh, would have given it a little bit more modern and and cool look for Laura Bush. Uh, you know, she wore, went for comfort, and I totally understand that, but I, I would have tweaked it just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, J-Lo wore white, Jill Biden wore kind of an off-white. To me, it looked to be off-white for the evening festivities. Many times when women wear that, and I don't know if people realize it, but it's it's kind of homage to the suffragettes. And was that in mind for J-Lo? Was it in mind for Jill Biden? I don't know. I don't have any way to know. But I always... Um, I always think that. I mean, that's what it always makes me think of, that... Um, that that was uh, kind of a nod to suffragettes. The one thing I found to be very, very silly uh, on that day, on on two fronts, Garth Brooks. Now, I, as you know, if you're a listener of my podcast from forever that I've done, over 200, GG in the 561 happens to do, be my new one for 2021. By, by new name because it's a new it's a new day and I wanted to turn the page like everybody else <laughs> uh but Garth Brooks I, I think he seems like a, a nice guy I really do and he I think has been a singer at oh m- uh, many of these inaugurations if I'm not mistaken but 
he sang, he was asked, he was invited, and he accepted. Our country has gotten to the point where, what, we're not united in any way? Uh, but, so he has been receiving a lot of really negative uh, feedback from the country music world. I don't know. Um, it's a, it's a, it's America. Um, we're never, we're never going to pull back at this rate. Uh, if we're never going to get a, get back to center, if we can't in little ways come together and as hard as that may be, um, he took his hat off and people lost their minds because the big question of the day was not the beautiful, amazing grace that he sang and how just he seemed to have, a, he said it, he, he was there for unity. He was there, not there to make a political statement. So whatever your political bent is, he, he wasn't there for that. So give him credit for that and go, go on with your own little vitriol. But what was, did Garth have hair plugs? And that is just, so what if he did? I mean, women do hair color. We have, we're all over the spectrum with wearing extensions and not wearing extensions, even clip on bangs. I mean, different jewelry, different, men have very little <laughs> within the, the framework of fashion and, and can't really get, get, uh, get, wild like we can and and do with our fashion i certainly do uh, as i said to a, a podcaster the other day i and i mean it i am wearing my evening clothes at night about you know about three times a week when we have our cocktail hour and i wear my evening clothes because i don't know when i'll be able to wear them and i'm not going to be in pjs and jeans and stuff all the time do what you want Stay in your fluffy bathrobe if you want. I wear my fluffy bathrobe in the morning when I'm having coffee. And then that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, but Garth having hair plugs, good for him. Get those hair plugs. I think it's fantastic. Anything you can do to make you feel good about yourself, do it. That's all I'm saying. Now, here's here's where we are. Um I did, I, I hope you listened to my podcast about soap operas. In COVID-19 world, it's, it's, I'm wearing my after five clothes at night. Everyone is making it work for them. Well, the soap operas too. Soap operas, Bold and the Beautiful. See, I wasn't even sure what soap operas were still out there, but Bold and the Beautiful is a soap opera that has begun production out in Los Angeles, but they're very worried about COVID as they should be. And and they, according to their creators, they tried writing the soaps without sex scenes and kissing and stuff, and it just didn't work, they said. Now, I don't know. I think soaps have been alive a long time, and I don't really think that you have to do it to bring good stories, do you? I mean, can you not tell good stories? I don't know. Uh, I mean, hey, I'm all for it. I'm no prude. Bring it, bring it. But uh, here's what they have had to resort to from what I read, sources that I read, several different sources. They are bringing in blow-up dolls. They are bringing in mannequins to do the kissing scenes. And they are dusting off their, they literally said blow-up dolls. I'm not, I'm not being funny. Uh, they have these dummies and these things that they use. They, some of them are 15 years old that they bring in for like uh, 
you know, if you're somebody's being thrown off a building or whatever, and so they're bringing them back, and they're actually going to use them. They're going to use. They can't. They don't have the funding. The the, the uh, although they make millions, like you know, almost forty million in a year on these subs from advertising. They can't. They don't have the money for CGI to CGI stuff. So they're they are literally bringing in uh, mannequins to, for the kissing scenes, and they're going to come in with a real tight camera shot I don't know I I may have to start watching subs again but if you are a sub watcher be sure to listen to Penny Davis uh, my uh, my podcast that was posted on Gigi and the 561 yesterday where she talks about being uh, working on you know behind the scenes on subs a, a few years ago now if you are a fan of people that do interesting things, then you will know about our friends, Kevin and George, uh, Kevin and Willie and George Badu uh, are really dear friends for, for a long time. Um, they did a trek around the perimeter of the United States. They took their casita from Dallas, Texas, and went around the perimeter of the United States. Took a year, they took one year to do it, and they've written about it, it's called uh, as you can find uh, if you do uh, uh, a, a Google search, it's called uh, postcardsfromtheperimeter.com. And that's where you can see their photos. And they, they one of the stops was here in North Palm Beach with us. And we were able to share their visit with some of our friends here in the Palm Beaches. And we, George, a master chef, did a dinner for us. But they were on a, a a Zoom virtual uh, show last night, Big Art Sanibel Island, and they talked about their their trek and what they learned from going around the the uh, United States. A um, couple of glitches that they had. One had to do with the situation as they crossed over into Canada, briefly. And so, if you want to hear more about that, uh, just Google Google Kevin and Willie and George. It's it's everyone calls him George. If you want to say it correctly, it's George. Uh, he is Belgian, and it's G E O R G E S Badu B A D O U X. Kevin is has a fantastic history, uh, having to do with heading a team that won a Pulitzer Prize. That actually won a Pulitzer Prize was nominated several times for Pulitzers and was on the Pulitzer Committee herself. They're both a very fascinating couple. So if you're just hanging out listening to my podcast first, but then you want to know about what it's like to take this small little casita, this little trailer, and pull it around the country for one whole year, uh, look, look them up in uh, Big Art Sanibel Island. Uh, hosted them last night and that was really quite fun for us to listen in Uh, even though we know we had already read all of their stuff we wanted to hear what they had to say uh, just for the heck of it now here's what I want you to do I want you to come back on Monday to Gigi in the 561 because we have a guest again Chloe Lodo will be our guest on Monday she's delightful Um, I I do want to tell you though before you listen to it uh, it was my first international podcast. She is in Gibraltar, so um, that's a long way. <laughs> it's a long way from here, but she was so gracious, and she's just delightful. Uh, 
but we did have a couple of glitches, very small ones. Um, there were a couple of times when we kind of lost each other and so but but it was brief it was momentary we didn't really disconnect or anything so there was a spot there where she's going pam pam in her wonderful british accent and but so stay with it uh, because it doesn't disconnect uh, we, we come back and i apologize for that but if you watch any of the of the shows any of the new shows or any of the shows really that are being done virtually by distance these glitches do happen even with the the mega equipment that that these major networks have so glitches do happen so stay with it and please enjoy chloe because she is delightful and while you're at it go to northpalmbeachlife.com and see what's going on there you'll always find our podcast there as well as on itunes and pandora and many other platforms will you find Gigi in the 561 don't forget we're also on youtube northpalmbeachlife.com that's the name of our channel there we appreciate you we really do let us hear from you continue to let us hear from you because we do like we do like hearing from you very very much and don't forget to stay tuned